Welcome to Annersbrook Church. We hope that this message from our senior leader, Brent Lieberzeit, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure that you subscribe or visit our website at annersbrook.co.nz for a service near you. My privilege to uh, bring the word to you this morning, which is kind of cool because, you know, it's the first weekend back and and it's a big happy new year to everybody. And, and you always kind of think, well, what is it that you kind of want to speak about uh, in the for the first part of the year, you know, like for the first Sunday of the year for us? And I kind of thought, I kind of feel like God say to me, well, Brett, just, you know, just keep it simple. I thought, well, God, I don't, that's, you know, kind of like simple. It's like, okay, oh, I can do simple. And I felt uh, the need to speak a, uh, on this particular passage of scripture from Luke chapter 10. By the way, uh, welcome everybody who's online as well. We've got City in the house. Anybody, anyone from City here? Oh, sorry, can I hear you a bit louder? All right, that's just for the video's sake, you know, so they can hear you. Uh, so good. My daughter is here, uh, Crystal, she's here. I don't know why she's here, but she's not meant to be here. Um, uh, and, uh, and so you'll see that she's as big as two houses at the moment. Sorry, it's the only time I can say it, guys. It really is. And so uh, without, without offending anybody. And, and, um, and so she is, what are you, Crystal, nine days overdue? Ten days overdue. So uh, I always talk about, you know, pretty much my Christian life has been in the church. I'm, you know, and I probably really, if, if mum could have, she would have had me on the front row of the, of the pews, you know. So maybe this is going to be a reality uh, for Crystal this morning. You never know, right? Bring it on in Jesus' name. Come out. <laughs> uh, but we're pretty excited and we've been hanging out and hanging around and, and waiting for this uh, new baby girl to come into being. So uh, uh, we just say baby girl because we don't know the name yet because Crystal hasn't told us yet. But that's okay. You've got to have some surprises, right? So uh, induced on Tuesday. Which actually, by the way, Tuesday is um, my, uh, Vivian, my wife's birth, 60th birthday on Tuesday. So that could be a cool birthday present day. <laughs> so exciting. Uh, anyway, let, let's go to scripture. A new year. Happy new year, everybody. Uh, 2023. Goodbye, 2022. Um, hello, 2023. And uh, I'm expecting and I'm believing for God to do some great things. I know that, you know, there are things that are pretty tough out there and, and many circles and many areas. Uh, and I don't want to talk about that this morning because I think that there is something far bigger and far greater to talk about than just what's happening around us to actually understand, well, what is God wanting us to, uh, uh, what, what is God wanting from us this year? And, uh, and so it's a, this is a basic reminder of where we go to from here for this year. Is that all right? So where are we going? Where are we heading? What's this all about? And, uh, and let's see what Scripture tells us. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. I'm reading from the New International Version. And guess what? It's the parable of the Good Samaritan. Many of you will know this story. It's a powerful story. Uh, and, and it says here in verse 25, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Now, you know, I'll probably call him a lawyer or, or something like that because that's what an expert in the law uh, is, like, you know, basically a lawyer, right? So just to get an idea of that. Uh, it's an expert in the law, though, because that's all they had in those days, the Jewish people. They had the law. 
which is the, you know, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, Numbers, uh, uh, you know, the five books pretty much of, uh, is what they had. And so it was all about the law. And so there was this expert who, in the law who turned up and wanted to test Jesus. Teacher, he asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replies by saying, well, what's written in the law? How do you read it? And this expert in the law, he answers this. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, this is really interesting that he would bring this up because it's not part of the Ten Commandments. He'd got it from, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's from... uh, from Deuteronomy. So he was pulling something out of Deuteronomy and saying, well, I think it's this. And then he says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. He's pulling that out of the book of Leviticus, believe it or not. Uh, Why didn't he just go straight to the Ten Commandments? And so Jesus says to him, he says, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. How do I get eternal life was the question and the teacher of, this, of the law, this expert in the law, replied with two aspects. One is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And second thing is, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And Jesus said, do this and you will live. You want to know how to get eternal life? These are the two commandments. New commandments. Fresh commandments, hot off the press. They're not the old commandments that were written here thousands of years ago, hundreds of years prior. They're actually a whole new, whole new thing. And this expert in the law actually worked it out because he was an expert in the law and he understood that these were the two major, major things that, that was required. And Jesus said, you are right. But here's the thing, the expert in the law was testing him. It was a test for Jesus. And Jesus said, you are right. But he wasn't expecting Jesus to say, you're right. He was expecting Jesus, I think, expecting Jesus to come up with the Ten ten Commandments. Right? Right? But he didn't. And so the expert in the law continues on. He says, because he wanted to justify himself, and he asked this, he says, Jesus, uh, who is my neighbor then? In reply, Jesus starts telling the story. A, a, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, when he was attacked by robbers, he was, he was a Jew because he was from Jerusalem. He was moving to Jericho and he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving himself, uh, leaving him, sorry, half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levi, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side as well. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And the next day he took two, took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Now, some versions have the good Samaritan, not just a Samaritan, but the good Samaritan, which would have been mind-blowing for the expert uh, of, of law, because Samaritans were hated by the Jews. And Jews hated Samaritans. And so this expert in the law said, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus includes those he hates. 
It's really interesting because it was, this would have been absolutely mind-blowing, but he knew it was about the one who had mercy was the winner, the Levite, the priest. In his mind, he would have thought they would have been all the good guys. But it wasn't. It was the, the Samaritan, the good Samaritan. And the good Samaritan came and he, and he picked this guy up in his brokenness and helped him. And Jesus uh, blew the guy's mind, blew this expert's mind in regards to who it was that our neighbor truly is. So Jesus said, you want to get eternal life? This is the answer. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. Love God, love people. What a great start to the year, 2023. You want to know what God's will is for you? You want to know what God's desire is for you? It's not more of the same old, same old, same old. It's actually learning to love God even more than you do because we're all challenged by it. We, we, we could love God more. I could. I'm sure you could as well. There's probably challenges that you're facing right now. We're kind of, kind of thinking, well... There's a challenge here for me in my life to actually love God more by choosing not to love other things more or not to love people more than loving God. Love God and then love people. It's interesting that it wasn't love your neighbor as yourself and then love God with all your heart. Isn't that interesting? It's actually the other way around. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. And we are so challenged by this. 2023, let it be a year of simplicity for you that it would just simply be love God, love people. What does that mean? What is that going to look like for you? How are you going to work this out? What's Because, you know, love is not passive, it's active. I love God. And all we do, we just, you know, we come to church on Sundays and we sing about it. We even lift our hands and, and all of that. But show me. Don't just, let's not just say it. Show me. And I really believe that if we get this right, that we will see the greatest revival we've ever seen. Yep. And it's not a revival of hippie, yippie, yahoo. It's a revival of on the ground, in the dirt, looking after people who need looking after and not caring about who they are. Who is my neighbor? Right. It doesn't matter who your neighbor is. Salami. It's awesome. And we do it because we love God. Yeah. We do it out of a love for God, not a love for ourselves. And the biggest battle you'll have in loving God is actually the love for, that you have for yourself. And it's not that you don't love yourself any, uh, or any less than you love yourself, but it's simply working through, well, what's the priority of love in my life? What is it that, we, where is the selfishness and where is the godness? And how do we battle between the two? How do we differentiate between the two? Well, what do I want and what does God want? It's that simple. What do you want? Well, I want a nice house. I want a nice car. Well, it's all good. But is it far greater need in your life than your need for God and your love for God? Abraham had his son Isaac had to sacrifice. And what was the reason for that? Because Abraham had placed Isaac first in his life and God wanted that spot that was god's spot not isaac's spot and as you know isaac didn't get killed he didn't sacrifice isaac uh he that's his son by the way he was about i think he was about 13 years old when it, when it took place and um and there was this uh incredible 
differentiation that was required between loving his son and loving God. And so it was a massive challenge, which, which Abraham, you know, he passed the test. Maybe God's testing you. Maybe there's a test going on in regards to your love and where your love is at. And I'm here to tell you this morning, I believe prophetically tell you this morning, you get this right, you're going to have a breakthrough. You get this right, you're going to see some things happen that you've never seen before. You get this right, God's going to move on your life and empower you and change you and rearrange you to such a point where there will be a revival, a mini revival in your own life. And you will begin to decipher between the good and the bad, the, 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 the first and second place in your life. And as you do that, you'll see some things happen. God is a jealous God. And he won't give glory to another. He won't. Um, I just heard the other day, Beyonce, um, favorite singer of mine. <clears throat> but uh, they hold masses for her in America. Um, God bless America, for those of you who are American. But they have mass for her. They worship her. They... The, prop, the priest gets up and talks about the songs that she sings and our spiritual, you know, the spiritual meanings of those songs and things like that. But, you know, to be honest, I would fear that because I would feel that, you know, if God is a jealous God, uh, then uh, he doesn't give glory to another. You know, uh, even in church, have you noticed in church world, and I believe this is going to happen in the secular world as, for, uh, as well, but I believe it happens in the church first. There ain't no celebrity anymore. There's no celebrity anymore. It's an interesting dynamic. There's no Christian, sorry, no Christian celebrity. There's nobody really who is, uh, would be seen or put on a pedestal that we would have seen in days gone by. Uh, they just don't seem to be around. I can only count on one hand pretty much um, those who have lasted the distance in regards to uh, the celebrity status of the Christian world, right? Now you can, you know, you might question that, but I, and I'm really only talking in generalisation. But uh, I think the day is coming, and where, where God is saying, "Look, apart from me, there is no other. I am the answer. I am the solution. I can, I, I can have mouthpieces. I don't need a celebrity to be a mouthpiece for me. I just need somebody who's willing." and able and willing to hear my voice and to begin to speak the word of God. So, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Everything is comprised of these two commandments. It's where the expert in the Lord got it so right, even when he felt he was getting it so wrong. <laughs> it was quite a mind-blowing thing for, for him because Jesus said, you are right, and that's how you get eternal life. Now go and do it. Uh, it's amazing. So, you, look, love the Lord your God. You're right. You can answer that. What are the what is the two most important things for you? Love God, love people. Okay, go and do it. Because it's active. Don't just say it. Don't just speak about it. Okay, let's go and do it. Let's get out there and let's do it. 
Look at the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make idols. You shall not um, take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And you shall not covet. So many shall nots. But these two commandments, there ain't no shall not. It's all shall. It's great. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. You shall love your neighbor as, as, as you love yourself. It's awesome. It's amazing. There's no shall nots in these commandments. That's how good they are. Yeah, and too often we're focusing on the shall nots in our life when we should actually be focusing on the shells. What's the will of God for your life? Will. Shall. What's the shells of God for your life? Love God. Love people. Right. Right? That's the essence of our Christianity. That's the basics, basic dynamics of our life. Love God and love people. So what does that mean then? We love God. We love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. It's all. It's everything. It's, you imagine this. Like, okay, so there's two answers. There's, we've got ten commandments but Jesus has actually thrown away those Ten Commandments for two commandments, which are different to the Ten Commandments, by the way. Those commandments are not, the two commandments are not in the Ten Commandments. So there's still Ten Commandments, but now there's two that override the Ten. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's like going to an exam. Boy, I wish this would have happened to me in the, my second year fifth form. Brent, there's 125 questions to answer, but... If you answer these two questions, you don't have to answer those 125 questions. Wouldn't that be awesome? Imagine if your banker said to you, hey, your mortgage, you got 10 more payments to make, but if you make these two payments, you don't have to pay those 10 payments. Wouldn't that be awesome? And, and so, uh, and so this, this is what Jesus is saying to this expert in the law. He's saying, look, there's 10 commandments here that are done away with if you actually know what it is to obey the two. Come on. It's just two. It's not 10, it's two. So you kind of think, well, how does that work? And literally, Jesus was introducing this idea that you have 10 commandments that you've got to adhere to, but if you choose these two, you don't have to worry about the others. What a great deal that you love the Lord your God. Imagine this. So, so Jesus, you are saying, imagine this, the expert in the law is saying, look, so, so you're saying that all those ceremonial washings that I've got to do, all those different feasts that I've got to abide by and what I can wear and what I can't wear, all the descriptions about what I can and cannot do in the scriptures, and you're telling me that the most important thing to God is that you love him. Whether you washed your hands or not, whether you mixed fabrics or not, whether you did everything right or not, above all else, Jesus agrees with the lawyer that the important thing to me, Jesus said, is that you love the Lord your God with all your heart. He was agreeing with the lawyer. All of it, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. Love is that important. Now, here's the other thought. Love is that important. It is so important that this love can be legislated. So now this love becomes law because what is it? It's a commandment. What's a commandment? A commandment is a command. So it's God saying, I command you now to love me. Wouldn't that be awesome? Church, I command you to love me. 
why don't you turn to the person next to you and just tell them that. Like, I command you to love me. See how you get on. See how you get on with that one. Twain Cotton, which of the best? I saw, uh, I just saw, I, I just saw George Langford do it to Pauline and Pauline shook her head. I've heard that. <clears throat> Typical. <laughs> I, I, I like that. So God commands us to love him. Man, wouldn't that fix some things right now? You know, if you kind of like said to your kids, parents have said to your kids, I command you to love me, that would sort some things out, wouldn't it? Um, man, wouldn't it sort your marriage out? You know, talking to your wife or to your husband, I command you to love me. That would oh, just be like heaven, wouldn't it, babe? <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it be great going to work on Monday morning? All your staff there. Everybody, I command you to love me. What brownie points you would get. But this is what God does. He commands us to love him. It's a legislation now. It's, this is overridden the law and become law. So it's mind-blowing to think that. And Jesus is backing it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul. With all your mind, with all your strength, like he's taking this expert in the law is, is, is taking a passage of scripture from Deuteronomy and bringing it into like a New Testament moment and saying, hey, this is what I read is really, really important. This is what I've found is actually far bigger and far better than what's written in the Ten Commandments and it overrides the Ten Commandments and this is it. And Jesus says, yes, you are right. And, and all along, the expert in the law is kind of like testing Jesus. It's, it's an incredible kind of thought. So that's the most important thing. Well, Lord, I, you know, I've worked over into the Sabbath again. And literally, Jesus is saying, well, I'm not concerned about that. I'm more concerned about your love for me. Trying to do things right is not what concerns God. Loving him. Then out of that love, out of that love, you aren't going to do the Ten Commandments. Sorry. You ain't, yeah, you aren't going to do, well, you're going to do the Ten Commandments, but you're not going to not do the Ten Commandments. Does that make sense? I think it does. Well, Lord, I've got weakness in my life. I've got some sin that I'm dealing with and it's just difficult. And he's saying, look, don't focus on the sin. Focus on loving me. Don't focus on what's wrong with you. In a world of thou shall nots, the priority is on the thou shall, as I said before. Because God says if you get the shells right, you don't have to worry about the shell nots. God says if you would stop approaching me like I'm a police officer about to arrest you for, for when you go over the speed limit, now it doesn't mean that you're now allowed to drive on the road going over the speed limit. By the way, those, you know, those things are there to protect us, right? But get, get this, we get this right, loving God, rather than thinking, is God going to hit me with a stick if I do something wrong? If we get this right, you won't break the law. Not because God's going to arrest you, but because you so love me. So he says, I want you to stop focusing on what you got wrong and get lost in what you get right. I want you to love me with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. So love epitomizes what the Ten Commandments are lined up to be. I want you to love me with everything. Now, that's big. That's massive. Okay. So God says, I challenge you. 
to discover 100% love. What does a 100% love actually look like? Before you die, to know that it is to give all of yourself to God. Can you imagine what you might discover in the all? All your heart. All your mind. Imagine what you could discover. Imagine what could happen. Imagine what could take place. And then he says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Imagine how relationships would change if you loved the people in your life like you loved yourself. Wouldn't that be amazing? If you'd be as forgiving as them, as you are of you. Isn't it funny how people that, uh, you know, people who need forgiveness don't give it. Isn't it funny how people need you to understand their quirks, but they are not willing to understand yours. Isn't it funny how people who want tolerance, but they won't tolerate you, and that's massive right now, right? You know, you just about don't want to put your hand up and say you're a Christian because people are just not tolerating Christianity right now. But they want you to tolerate them. The The reality is we are always wanting to get more than we are willing to give. Absolutely true. So the second commandment obliterates selfishness. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. It obliterates selfishness. You cannot be selfish if you love your neighbor as you love yourself. And the older you get, the less selfish you should become, right? Maturity is supposed to make you less selfish. Most teenagers are selfish because they're still trying to find themselves. That's true. They're still trying to find themselves. So it's okay. But it's not okay for an adult to be acting like a teenager still. You've got through that, should have got through that stage in your life, found yourself, got secure in yourself, and now you're thinking about others rather than about yourself. The more mature you are, the less selfish you're meant to be. But you look around and you realize that some people got stuck and they never love anybody nowhere close to how much they love themselves. So that's why Jesus was bringing in this dynamic and telling this story. Love God, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So here's the question. What are your priorities? What are going to be your priorities for 2023? What are the core values to which you let people in or God in? If you make a certain amount of money, I'll let people in. And I'll let people in who make a certain amount of money as well. Um, If you're going to vote Labour, I'll let you in. Or if you're going to vote National, then I'll let you in. Uh, if if, If you believe about the... If, if we're kind of on the same page in regards to our belief of the Godhead, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I'll let you in. If you've been baptized or not baptized, I'll let you in, or I'll let, or, or you're out. Uh, or do you wear the right clothes? I'll let you in. I, I went and bought shorts the other day from Kmart. $22. Why not? What's wrong with that? Nothing more to say on that. <laughs> you know, do, do you part your hair right? Well, I can't part my hair, so I've got no. <laughs> what are your priorities? God says that you love God and love your neighbor. He legislates love. He commands you to love. If you command me to do something, that means I can do it. Very good point. If you command me to do something, that means I can do it. This is not something that's impossible. This is something that's been built into the fabric of your very being. 
that you have an ability to love God and an ability to love people. And when you keep saying no, you are, being, you are living a selfish life and you're not thinking beyond your circle or your, 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 your own personal well-being. God legislates love. And by the way, it wouldn't be fair for someone to command me to do something that I could not do. So if he commands me to do it, it must be within my power then to accomplish it because it wouldn't be just or fair if he told me to do something I can't do. So that means that love is controllable. So love me with everything. What that means then is love goes beyond feeling and emotion. Beyond feelings, beyond emotions. It just is what it is. As a choice that we make. As a choice that each one of us have to make. Am I going to choose to love myself more? Or am I going to choose to love God more? And to love my neighbor more? What's the choices here? And you'll often find when you see someone in need, you'll often recall somehow, some way, your brain starts to work in regards to what, what your need is. And sometimes your need becomes more paramount and more of a priority than that other person's need. And that's, a part of, that's the part of the selfish nature that we have. And at some point, we've got to get to a point where we say, here's a need, this need is far greater than my need because I'm humbling myself or I'm honouring the other person more than I'm honouring myself. Right? Push to the possession. So who is my neighbour? Do I determine my neighbour by who lives next door to me? Do I determine my neighbour by my ethnicity? By my political stand? Who is my neighbour? And Jesus tells this incredible story of the Good Samaritan, who this expert in the law would have thought was the wildest, most out there kind of thought in regards to who would be his neighbour. It was a... He, he was looking for a loophole. Who was my? He was looking for a loophole, and there, I think, love has no loopholes. To be honest, even Jesus tried for a loophole. He got into the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember? He's praying. He's praying. He's praying. It's just before his resurrect, uh, his crucifixion. He's praying, God, to take this cup from me. I, I, I don't know if I can bear it. And and at the end of the prayer, he says, God, not my will, but yours. Not my will, my shall but your shell. They hung him high and they stretched him wide until the sun refused to shine and the ground began to tremble and the veil in the temple was torn in two and he died. He couldn't get out of it. Love has no escape. Love has no escape. It wasn't the nails that kept him on the cross. He's the son of God. No nail could have kept him on there. It's no match for him. It wasn't the cross that kept him on it. But it was love. And through love, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You cannot shake your responsibility. Love has no way out. You are commanded to love God and to love your neighbour. It is commanded, therefore it is doable. And you get to love with all of your heart. You get to. You actually can. 
You can't just love people in your suburb. You can't just love people in your denomination or in your movement. You can't just love people in your church. You can't just love people in your home. Some of us have been taught wrong. Love only when the circumstances are right, when the conditions are right, when you think like I think. When, I've got, when, I, win, when I win lotto, I have a million dollars. And out of that million dollars, I'll be able to give to the poor and be able to give to the church, be, be able to give to those who are in need. Now, nah, if you're not doing it now, you're not going to do it then. And life keeps demanding that we broaden our ability to love. Working with people will demand that you broaden your ability even to, to love. Even people that you normally wouldn't like, you've got to learn how to love. You cannot be a big person with a small heart. Everybody here, as I said before, your love is being tested. In some area, a demand is being placed on your ability to love, your ability to understand, your ability to broaden your perspective beyond your criteria and beyond your comfort zone. Pass the love test. And the only way you're not going to pass it is by being a self-enthroned egotistical maniac. It's a bit tough, Brent. What does that mean? It means everything's about you. At some point, we've got to get to a place of raising our hands and in worship, there's nothing better than you, God, nothing better than you, and not just allowed to be word service, but actual fact, a proclamation of our life and our understanding of who we actually are. We are a people who know that there is nothing better than God. And it's, and it's pulled out, it's brought out of us, it's not just brought into us, oh God, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. No. God, there's nothing better than you. I'm going out. I'm going to show that there is nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. So love with your all. Because not everything has to be about you. You'll find you'll get breakthrough in your life. You get beyond the you. So this week, let's go on a love mission. A mission of love. The love boat soon will be making another run. The love boat, something for whatever. Go on a mission, a love mission. Let's do a love mission this year, 2023. This week, tomorrow, this year, this month. Let's go on a love mission. Now listen, you don't, you don't have to book in to go to Zimbabwe or Vanuatu. You can do it here. We're all in a mission field. You're in, in here. This is not the mission field. In here, this is the encouragement, inspiration, and motivation to get out there and get on a love mission. Because there are people around you, could even be your own child, believe it or not, who doesn't think like you, who doesn't act like you. It's a, it's a, we're on a love mission. Come on, let's, let's break selfishness and let us love. People, love your neighbor. Love God. We're commanded. First of all, number one, love is not preference with likeness. Love is not preference with likeness. Love with all. Not about who you like or what you like. Love with your all. Number two, love is commanded. And this you got no choice. 
Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his, for his friends, for his neighbours. Number three, this week go on a love mission. Talk to somebody you wouldn't normally talk to. Think about and do a random act of kindness. Think outside of yourself and love, 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 love. Now I've got to finish with this scripture because it is the most powerful scripture of all time and it's from 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and it's called the love chapter and I'm going to read it out in regards to, uh, I think it's the message uh, paraphrase. It says this, God is, you can help me if you want, God is love. God is love. If I speak God's word and with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump or be moved, and it jumps or it moves, but I don't have love, I have what? And I am what? Nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't have love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. It doesn't have a swelled head. It doesn't force itself on others. It isn't always me first. Love doesn't fly off the handle. Love doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Love doesn't revel when others grovel. Love takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. It puts up with anything. Trust, it trusts God always. Love trusts God always. Love always looks for the best. Love never looks back. Love, uh, but it keeps going to the end. And then it finishes off saying, love never dies. It's always going to be. It's always going to be with you get to heaven. It's going to be love. It's going to be all love. It's going to be a lovely place. But there's something more powerful than just a lovely place. It's God's love. You're going to experience God's love like you've never experienced here on this bed. But we have an opportunity to love now and to make that and to make that choice. So Father, I pray, right? Jesus made. That there would be an anointing that comes from heaven. That when a decision is made, that there is something supernatural that takes place with the decision. By the way, I totally believe that, everybody. That there is a supernatural act of God that takes place when you make a decision to open your heart up to say, God, teach me to love you more. Teach me to love others more. Teach me, Lord. I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to listen to your voice and to your instruction because I want to abide by those commandments that I've been commanded that's been commanded of me and when that begins to happen when you truly truly come to a place of opening your heart up say God would you use me would you work through me would you would you do this in my life something supernatural comes along because you have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit helps you and for those of you who are parents, you know that you had great love for your first child. And when the second one came along, you didn't have less love for your first child and then more love for your second child. You were just, you broadened your ability to be able to love. And this is what God has for you. It broadens your ability. It broadens your ability. Love God, love people. So Father, we, we place ourselves at the foot of the cross and we say, God, would you use us? 
for 2023, this week, this month. Help us to go on a love mission that takes us beyond, beyond where we've been, beyond what we've been to COVID, man. Became the most selfish thing on the planet. All looking out for ourselves. Keeping away from people. Making sure we didn't get it. We've learned a new way of living and it's not the right way of living. Yes, we had to do that. For a season, I guess. But it's not the right way. People need love. More suicides happening now than ever before because of lack of ability to reach out to others, to know true friendship and to know true relationship. So Father, I pray we know what it is as a church. Turn the tide, turn the tide. Wherever you are from, wouldn't it be awesome if you were going back and on a love mission, back into your town, back into your region, if it's not Nelson. For those of you who live in Nelson, those of you who are part of, of, of this wonderful, uh, wonderful church, I pray that we'd know what it is to turn this community upside down. I really do. I really do. 2023, I pray for prominence in this community as a church, as a people, that we'd know what it is to serve one another, to love one another in such a way that people would know that we are your disciples, God, because, we, because of our love for each other, but also our love for our community. I pray you give us ways, methods, things, Lord God, that help us to embrace uh, a community that is lost, a community that is dying. Help us, Lord. Help us to go on a love mission, a love mission in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless everybody. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.